everyone. You're listening to The Katie Halper Show, and I'm your host, Katie Halper. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show, where for just $1 a month, you can help make the show happen. And for $5 a month, you'll qualify for great bonus content, including an alternative podcast feed and rarely seen clips that aired on our live shows. Indigenous Day. I think that we didn't. Well, I think Indigenous I started, People's Day is what used to be Columbus, Columbus Day, right? Day, so, yeah. So what is so what, the, what, we're going to find out. Are we just doing two not, Indigenous People's Day? Uh, I mean, I guess that's well-deserved, you know, but uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I actually don't know that. I know that it's like uh, my uncle used to wear a a one a shirt on Thanksgiving that said like original homeland security department <laughs> and it was like four indigenous people holding guns. Wow. So that's how he commemorated it. That's good. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. People were like you're ra-, you know pe- people talk about racist uncles at Thanksgiving. My uncle was like an anti-racist uncle. I mean, yeah, as much, yeah, yeah, anti-racist uncle, yeah. As much as I, that I kind of hate that word, but uh, <laughs> well, look, it's, you have to do it for the joke, you know. It's just uh, uh, yeah. do it for the for the parallel there. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Ricky wanted to just welcome you to the show. Welcome you back, Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi, well, thanks for you? having me back. Good, to, good course. to be here. Thanks. Uh, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, and we have a great show for you today, guys. Uh, this is someone who uh, we had him on Useful Idiots, and uh, I'm a huge fan of his work. And he's really prolific. He's like, oh, my, you know, he's kind of like a Renaissance man. If you, I think it's it's fair to call him a Renaissance man. I'm doing it. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, this is a Renaissance man. Just get used to it, people. Just get used to it. This is a Renaissance man. Get used to it. He's here. He's Renaissance. Get used to it. Uh, He is a writer, documentarian, funny comedian, and serious host of the podcast Thunder Bay, which is a really good podcast. It's a Canada Land podcast. It's really good. You guys should all listen to it, Um, which explores uh, the systemic racism, human trafficking, extortion, corruption, police misconduct, clowns, hate crimes, and the mysterious deaths of uh, First Nation youth in Thunder Bay, Canada. And he has so many projects coming up that I just, I'm just going to bring them on because I, I don't want to delay you. I don't want to pry people anymore. Spend the whole hour just saying the projects. You know? I could just intro him for an hour and we don't want to do that because that's yeah. not fun. Um, so bringing uh, onto the chat, onto the show, Brian McMahon. Ryan, sorry, I'm a little starstruck. I have to admit, I'm a little starstruck. I've heard this podcast. I he- I've heard his voice all the time. I've already had him on the show and yet it's still... And still the star, the allure, the Ryan allure is there. And I was trying to master that last name because it's not pronounced the way it's spelled. And then I messed up the first name. Ryan McMahon. You're, Thank you. You're doing, you're doing great. Helper. Thank you, you're Ryan. Doing great. Uh, listen, I don't have a lot of time. I'm starting a new Teespring uh, <laughs> channel, which will be teespring.com slash Renaissance man. Get over it. Get used to it because that's what he is. Yes. Uh, teespring.com forward slash he's a renaissance man that's what he is get used to it so links right. in the chat it'll be in the links show notes the yeah 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 it's nice you are here. i mean yes thanks for coming back on to the to this show uh for the first time we had you on useful idiots and really appreciate because i know how busy you are in fact tonight you're dealing with some breaking developments tell us tell us what you are working on right now 
Yeah, well, uh, the Thunder Bay podcast um, uh, is just the podcast that just keeps on giving. And uh, I made the first season in 2018, uh, finished the second season uh, this time last year. And um, uh, essentially, for those that don't know where Thunder Bay is, Thunder Bay is, um, uh, if you know Duluth, Minnesota on a map, most of you don't, um, uh yeah, it's about two and a half hours northeast of there, just on the other t- side of the Minnesota-Ontario border. Um, and Thunder Bay is just a city in trouble, man. It's it's There's no other way to put it. And um, I'm from around here originally. Um, and I started making the documentary uh, back in 2016 just to look at uh, some of the rumors and some of the things I had heard that was going on. And, and I basically haven't left since then. And um, uh, what we're tracking tonight is basically a, uh, an essentially a, a civil war inside of the Thunder Bay Police Service where we are now working with sources and uh, whistleblowers inside the service that are telling us that uh, the bottom is falling out of this police force. And uh, if you've watched The Wire, um, you know, you kind of get a sense of what this actual real life story is in Thunder Bay. It's 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 bananas. And how did you like you're a comedian, right? I mean, you're also a writer, a documentary filmmaker, but yeah. was there kind of resistance on your part, on other people's part about yeah. having a podcast hosted by a comedian? That yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, comedy is the, the, the vehicle that gave me a platform, right? And so, um, you know, I went to school at the University of Minnesota for theater and um uh, in 1999, I moved to Toronto and started my career and really early on started writing my own stuff and um, went to the second city in Toronto and, you know, uh, had big dreams of doing comedy for a living. And, and um, I became a dad. I took some time off and in 2010 recorded my first uh, national comedy special up here in Canada. And that is what set me on the trajectory I'm on now. It's basically, you know, for four or five years, I had really good years. I went to Just for Laughs and um, toured independently across North America uh, and beyond. But comedy is the thing that gave me the platform. And ultimately, as an Indigenous person, the responsibility to amplify the voices of the community. And I think that's all good storytelling is, whether it's funny or not, is you just reflect back to the people what is actually happening and comedy is a vehicle for that right uh, if you look at what Chappelle and others are doing now they're not always right they're not always wrong but they're having conversations about the community as they see it and I think that's what uh, documentary and the the shit that I'm doing now actually is yeah and it's 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 also I mean it manages to be it's such a serious dark subject matter but you do manage to be not in a disrespectful way but just some things like are quirky and mm. weird and it's not like you bring levity to it because that wouldn't really be appropriate but there is a it's almost like it's it's so some of it is just so weird and you're kind yeah. of honest about the parts that are weird and bizarre in a way that i think makes it like very relatable yeah well you mentioned the clowns yeah right um so for for people that haven't heard the first season of the podcast i think it's episode three uh of the show uh, the clowns are introduced and basically the clowns are these uh, ceramic uh, um, collection of clowns that a crown attorney uh, here in Thunder Bay uh, collects every time he is a winner in court. 
And each clown basically represents about a million dollars in uh, earnings and winnings from these these civil uh, uh, cases, these different litigations. And, um, you know, this this guy um, uh, is being filmed secretly uh, while the mayor and the chief of police and other powerful people are in his basement. He is shirtless. He has just been uh, beaten uh, almost to death. And, uh, and he's drunk and uh, cracked out of his face on cocaine. And he's talking about his clowns. And uh, actually, he's having this secret video taken of him in an effort to extort everyone else in the room. So it's uh, if I was a, wow. writing this for a dramatic TV series, it would be incredible. And everyone would be like, God damn it, you have to click on that thing <laughs> right. that I watched on the weekend. <laughs> That's how wild it is, and that's right. just real life here. And um, you know, you you mentioned Thanksgiving in your in your preamble, and I suppose we can talk a lot about that throughout the show and kind of reflect on where we are for this Indigenous Peoples Day. But the thing I'll say is, like, you know, in the same spirit that John Wayne built Hollywood, you know, killing Indians and cowboy and Indian movies, there is a there still is a sense of the Wild West uh, in pockets of America and pockets of Canada where anything goes. And as it relates to indigenous people, we don't give a fuck about them. And so when they die, they die. Mm. And if they live, they live uh, despite the system. Um, so um, the story that I'm uh, on today, uh, yeah, is breaking. It's, 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 it's wild. It's uh, forever evolving. And uh, that sense of that, that spirit of the Wild West, you know, still exists in towns like Thunder Bay and others. So. Um, you know, to be continued. Um, it'll be out uh, um, spring of 2022, anywhere you stream, whatever you stream. Um, I can't really announce who we've sold it to yet, but it'll be available worldwide. Awesome. And so is there anything you can tell us about what's happening right now without obviously, you know, we, you, you can't make any of your fellow Renaissance men upset because <laughs> I know that community, you guys take that community yeah. very seriously. There's confidentiality. Listen, we're, we're, we're really wearing doily shirts and smoking <laughs> pipes and speaking in accents that are far wow. beyond this show, let me tell you. Wow. Uh, so, so yeah, probably can't say much uh, other than like, you know, what I'll say is, what what else? What I can say unequivocally is that the story here continues to evolve and change. And so, for anyone that has listened to the podcast, um, you can expect something that is, um, well, you might say even a devolution. But it's it's the story evolving uh, in real time. And um, and and a lot of people stopped paying attention to the story, frankly, and uh, and we didn't. And people will be surprised to learn uh, where things are at today. Yeah. And for, for people who haven't um, uh, watched, uh, sorry, listened to the podcast, uh, I mean, I gave a very brief summary of it, but what do you want to make sure people know about it? Yeah, well, um, so in America, there were Indian wars, right? Um, I mean, there were treaties and everything else uh, as well. Um, and America didn't love, live up to those either, but there were wars. And um, yeah, you, you, some people... Um, that uh, that know part of the story say that the the West was won uh, from the Indians, right? Up here in Canada, you can't say the same because it's absolutely not true. There weren't wars. There were t- 
treaties, peaceful and friendship uh, treaties. They're called peace and friendship treaties that that created this country called Canada. Um, And those treaties evolved into a more um, formal uh, legal uh, uh, treaty system called the numbered treaties. And in the numbered treaties, a number of things were promised, school, health care, et cetera, uh, in exchange for settlers staying and creating the country. And since then, uh, Canada, <clears throat> you know, officially enters into confederation as a country in 1867. Since then, uh, over the last 150 some odd years, uh, Canada could be argued has never lived up to those treaties. And so the Thunder Bay story really uh, is the crows coming home to roost, right? Like it's like eventually rent is due and someone has to pay the bill. And what has happened here is is essentially a, what I call a failed experiment here in Canada. It didn't fucking work. And um, Indigenous people didn't assimilate. Indigenous people didn't die off as planned. I mean, one of Canada's first prime ministers is quoting as saying, you know, uh, putting uh, kids in residential schools, I believe they're called boarding schools in in America, uh, was to uh, kill the Indian in the child, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea was to target children first and uh, and forcefully assimilate their communities. And so it didn't work. And the Thunder Bay story is, is essentially that. It's the fallout from a failed experiment called Canada. So um, uh, the stories that we tell are from the perspective of Indigenous youth uh, who most often pay the price uh, for this failed experiment. And uh, the same is true in, in the United States. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's those most vulnerable that ultimately pay the price um, uh, for these, these failed experiments, for the, the, the failures of these countries to live up to, you know, what was promised to Indigenous people in the first place. And what is, okay, so... There's a lot about your people, by which I mean Canadians, that I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> that I don't that I don't know a lot about. So uh-huh. for instance, what you guys do have a Thanksgiving, right? But it's celebrated at a different Isn't time. It like March or something like that. It's like, it's yes, like wait, yeah. in the middle of spring or something. We we split uh Thanksgiving with Valentine's Day up here. Uh, no, it's in October. Like it's around, uh, the harvest, you know, it's, uh, Thanksgiving, um, uh, up here is, yeah, it's, it's earlier than yours. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a differentiation between the two, I suppose, right? Like, uh, uh, Columbus, formerly Columbus day, uh, uh, you know, it's not something we, you know, we celebrate up here. It's not right. something we mark. We don't talk about that guy up here. We have our own assholes that we focus on up here. Um, <laughs> like the Fords, the Ford brothers. Right. <laughs> I can't believe how far I can't. You go back to the basements up there. Just for the such first a short story window of Ford. time. It's, it's such a short window of time. I wish, I wish you knew more Canadians. <laughs> Frankly. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I have Canadian family. I'm half Canadian, but I've never really spent any time up there. So, but oh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I've, I've never ended up smoking crack in a basement there. I think that's mostly for important people and politicians and stuff. I think you 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 nailed it there for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's you know it's uh, middle of October, um, and uh, yeah, it's meant to celebrate the uh, the harvest and. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's like it's a day off for people. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. They eat, eat some turkey. And I mean, uh, I went to school in America. Half my family's from Minnesota. Right. So I'm, I'm also like, 
into like the football games and the bullshit that, uh, <laughs> you know, Americans really produce Thanksgiving, um, kind of like a wedding, right? Like it's, 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 uh, not just manufactured, it's, it's, uh, choreographed to, to right. revolve around the national football league. Um, yeah. so people's dinners are scheduled the early afternoon. <laughs> At like two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, so yeah, they're 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 quite different though. Is is Canadian Thanksgiving obviously American Thanksgiving is so it, it's almost like you mentioned Columbus Day. Like it is almost like a Columbus Day. It's so tied in with like what the fucked up shit that happened with indigenous people. Is it as tied to that sort of ugliness, the Canadian Thanksgiving, or is it more just like a pagan harvest dinner or something like that? Yeah, well, I mean, if people that are confused try to try to make them the same thing, but they're not. They, they actually really are quite uh, separate. And I think, you know, that the the, um, the Thanksgiving in America is is much more tied to, you know, forced colonization and mm-hmm. forced assimilation and shit like that. Versus here, we have enough to talk about in that way. And and mm-hmm. you know, one of the striking things that I think about. Uh, America right now is like um, indigenous people are having a moment, right? With the success of reservation dogs on FX, um, um, Rutherford Falls on Peacock, like um, the success of uh, of actors like Michael Gray Eyes and others who are really in the mainstream right now in the in the conversation, the consciousness, and and um, and it's really exciting to see. Like, and we've been here before, right? Uh, Dances with Wolves, uh, Last of the Mohicans. Uh, other shit that Kevin Costner did in the nineties. I can't remember the names of Waterworld. Waterworld. It does feel right now a little more driven by indigenous voices than maybe just, you know, like the faces you saw in uh, dances with wolves. That's accurate. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. And that's the difference, right? Writers rooms are being created. Mm-hmm. Directors and producers are are in the room uh, at the, at the start of a project now, not as like cultural consultants. Uh uh, there's a there's a company an organization in in uh, in and around Los Angeles called the Illuminatives, and they've just released a, a document for Hollywood, basically, saying like stop hiring us as as consultants at the end to approve your racism and bring <laughs> us in as as meaningful employees of these companies, give us jobs, and we'll mm-hmm. tell you what's right and wrong from the jump, save you an ass load of money, right, uh, and we'll 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 equal out this sort of this representation question and. Um, you know, I get I get pissed off. Obviously, you know, also looking at me, if you know your chat or, or or the internet will light up and say, "Well, this guy doesn't even look like an Indian." I mean, this is one of the the great fallacies, right? Of 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 what we are supposed to look like. Like, I went to theater school, and in 1999, I moved to Toronto, and I'm a classically trained actor, and so. You know, I can do everything from Shakespeare to sitting on the back of a horse with a loincloth. Um, and uh, and I have done all of those things. But um, it was really early where I realized, like, I'm uncastable in this space. I can't go out for Last of the Mohicans, mm-hmm. the musical, right? Like, they didn't look like me back then. I'm not delusional. And so I broke comedy. I, 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 I went a different way. And, um, and now, you know, where where representation um, and authoritative voices in the room actually matters is like when we're, when we're casting and bringing people into these roles to go, yeah, well, you know what? Don't be mad at me. Cause I look like this. This is the result of y'all. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and three of my four grandparents are Brown and indigenous looking. 
um, and could be extras in Last of the Mohican the Musical. Um, uh, but my one white grandfather uh, blessed me with these green eyes and hot dog pink skin. So blessed be he. Right. Wow. Don yeah. had to dominate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there is such, you know, that, that is such an ugly thing that, like, you know, you don't look uh, a certain way. I've seen that uh, a lot, you know, uh, especially with, uh, and it is common, I think, with indigenous people, uh, especially because there is, you know, because so many of these stereotypes basically still have yet to like be yeah. broken down, you know. Um, which is what, which is what I try to do through comedy, right? Like I, I, I've, I've had tried to have that conversation when I first started uh, comedy in 2010, uh, like my first hour was basically me begging the audience of room full of strangers, four or 500 people at a time to like me, you know, it was like, <laughs> I promise I'm native man. Fuck, you know, look at my <laughs> status card, you know? Right. Um, and uh, like my mom speaks Ojibwe, man. Like I speak my language, bro, but I don't, you know, um, and, um, and, 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 you know, that I think everybody's, you know, uh, in the creative industries, if you're indigenous, you're trying to find where you f- belong, what, what stories are, matter to you, what's important to you, what kind of work do you want to produce? And, um, yeah, I've escaped, I've escaped, uh, what I would identify at least through the Hollywood lens, like the white gaze, right? Like of what I de- what, what defines indigenous representation and what doesn't. And, um, while that costs me in the end, like I'm not running around on reservation dogs or on Rutherford Falls because visually there's, you know, there's, there's no place for me. Um, it's, it's interesting. You know, you just turn to other work. There's lots of shit for all of us to do. Um, yeah. Thank God for small favors. Right. Like right. terrible things in the world that needs to be exposed. And <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. you were saying it costs you, but you seem to have a very satisfying um, I don't want to say career because that sounds like it, it almost like diminishes what you do, but you're, you do very important, cool things. And they seem to, uh, when they're not, I assume like depressing you or making you like infuriating you, it must give you a, a lot of joy and sense of like meaning and purpose. Yeah. Well, uh, that, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. It just goes back to the responsibility piece for me. Like, um, there's a lot of people counting on people that have platforms to get the word out, you know, and right. uh, here in Canada, you know, we just completed um, uh, about a year and a half ago or so, we just completed a national inquiry into missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, you know, over 4,000 of them in Canada. And so I'm a, you know, a pretty privileged dude with a lot of, uh, a lot of space and a loud voice. And so I have to talk about that in my work. I have to point to that. I have to be on your show here where we're supposed to be having fun and like keep the things light and keep the things moving. And I have to mention like over 4,000 missing or murdered indigenous women and girls. We haven't even started to talk about missing or murdered indigenous men in Canada. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, there's a lot to do. And when you get, when you get a platform um, in our community, you, 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 I think you try to use it to, you know, to, to the best of your ability. It's a balance though, man. I, I can honestly say I've not kept uh, a decent balance, right? Like I, I'm making heavy duty fucking documentary that, that 
you know, demands that I cry myself to sleep a lot of nights. And um, a close friend of mine said, you're more valuable to the people when you're being funny. Like, mm. let's, let's get you back on the road. Let's get you back being funny. And, um, and uh, I, t- I take that to heart. And uh, I certainly, I certainly aim to be back on the road and I have a new hour that I'm going to be touring with uh, uh, in the new year. Um, but um, you know, it's uh, when every day, when you wake up and you feel like every day is an emergency, it's hard to turn away from yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 But it also, I imagine that the, the, the comedy stuff is probably like therapeutic. Like you have to laugh instead of cry. Yeah. Not that you can always do that, obviously, but. Yeah. Well, this, this is, I mean, you know, I think any, any peoples that come from, from oppressive histories uh, have found humor, right. As a, as a way to cope. Um, and you know, there's a lot of similarities between, uh, diverse communities in that way, where I think we can all agree that, yeah, you know, cracking jokes is better than feeling bad about your life. And so we've turned to humor as a mechanism to deal. Um, but I also like to sort of articulate it a little bit uh, better than that, which is like actually in, in indigenous worldviews and in Anishinaabe or Ojibwe worldviews in particular, like, uh, laughter, uh, or 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 using that that type of storytelling is also inherent in our worldview, right? Like all of our what we call adsokanen or our, our sacred stories, our, our our religious belief stories, they're full of uh, uh, what we call um, nanabuju or the trickster, right? And the trickster's always messing with people, taking the, the skunk's tail and putting it on the bear, and no one likes the bear because he smells like shit. Now, like there are all there's, there's thousands of these stories that are meant to be instructive for us, right? And so, so yeah, it's you know laughter is medicine, laughter is healing, all that shit. But uh, it's also inherent to who we are as in, as indigenous people, and in our most serious. Uh, and, and dark times, you know, at funerals and, and at times like that, you know, we were laughing. So, um, you know, so it's an important distinction. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Goldtooth has been on the show uh, in the past, who I yeah. think is uh, hilarious and also uh, really brilliant. And he uh, was on, I guess it was last thing, last things around last Thanksgiving. And yeah. Uh, he and Leslie Lee. And so Jack, by the way, who, who knows Hollywood stuff because he worked on the Jimmy Kimmel show that wow. has a lot mm-hmm. of, yeah. It's like, you're, you're like my IMDB. Wow. It's nice to have a, a personal IMDB. No, here. no, but when you were talking about Hollywood <laughs> stuff and casting stuff, Jack is very sure. critical of all of that, of that world. So, but it was funny because so is Dallas and me and Leslie, who's another co-host of the show. And we were talking about like black native and Jewish humor and uh, Leslie and Dallas were having, uh, they were like complaining about like what, what were they? They were basically saying like, it's not fair. Cause like my people, the, so like Jews were able to like mock depravity. And we have more like depraved license than they do. Cause they hadn't yeah. like made enough inroads to like be able to do that. Like there was too much responsibility. That right. Set, There's like, a little, yeah. And the voice is too important. You can't be talking about shit and farts yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, that's been, that's been like, uh, so our hero, I think Dallas would probably say this too, but one of our heroes, Charlie Hill, who uh, uh, passed away at the end of 2013, you know, he was an Oneida comedian who was on the Richard Pryor show back in 1970, first 
native comedian to do stand up on television. Um, and Charlie Hill, like, you know, he, uh, actually I posted this on my Instagram today. Uh, he famously said to me one time on tour, I'd rather disrupt the people than tickle them. And his whole thing was like using comedy as a vehicle for change. And when he, just before he died, he told me like, um, uh, just remember that comedy is too important not to be taken seriously. Mm. I was like, all right, if I was a tattoo person, that would be tattooed somewhere right. on my body. <laughs> Major tattoo um, material. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, so I don't know why that is. I don't know when we break out of that. I don't know if there's a generation of comics, uh, indigenous comics behind me that will. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not there yet. I don't know. It's like, are, are even reservation dogs, right? Like a super funny light. You're like, you're into it until you get to episode six or, or was it seven? I forget where it's like, Oh fuck the dark turn. Right. Yes. Right. Life is hard and it sucks. Fuck. I forgot. Yeah. Um, and that's not a criticism of the writers or anything like that, but it's like, right. We still have to talk about these things. So, um, and I think that's largely because these things are still going on. Right. Um, right. we, we think about indigenous people as like these historical fence posts, mm. um, yeah. but we're still out here. Right? Yeah. Still the crying, here. like that, the cry, the tear that fo I feel <laughs> right. like for so many people, that's like where native American, they live uh, in the seventies crying yeah, by, 70s, by a highway, yeah, exactly, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Indigenous, well, and, and, not native American. So I can't, if, if I say native American, does that make me sound like a nationalist, like an American know. first person? Don't want, I that's don't not care. my intention. You know, most native, native North American. How about native yeah. North American? I'm a Pan Americanist though. So you when I say American. that, I'm actually being I'm being subversive. Yeah. I'm challenging the border so, uh, nation states. So yeah. so woke. <laughs> you're, I mean, so you're welcome, woke. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, yeah, but I mean, that's it's interesting, right? Because like uh, to to go back to the Thanksgiving thing, right? Like this question of representation and who's on TV and who's in the writer's room and all of that, like um, it is about indigenous people taking control of their lives back and, and eventually getting to the place where we have a say um, mm. and us having a say is really important because we've never had a say. And you can, you can go all the way back to manifest destiny in Columbus and draw a straight line to where we are today. You can draw a straight line from Columbus and terra nullius, empty land, uh, manifest destiny, right? And the marching orders to come over here and take um, um, is, is how we got to a place where there are 4,000 missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. And you can draw a line. That are known of, right? Like that, that, are, that we know of. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's just Canada. We haven't done this. America is about 30 or 40 years behind Canada and the social responsibility or the political responsibility question as it relates to indigenous people. Like we've been doing this in this country since I was a kid. Um, yeah at least. Uh, so, um, so with the Columbus thing, it's like, you go back to Walt Disney, you go back to John Wayne in the earliest days of, of Hollywood, like, you know, go to Peter Pan and go look at how native people yeah. are portrayed oh, then. Like we've never had a voice. We've never had a say. And so, yeah, the fucking Atlanta Braves, uh, chop is obnoxious. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Cleveland baseball team changing their names is great um, because all of that comes from manifest destiny. It all comes from 
Columbusing our lives. Right. And so this is getting on some woke bullshit that, that I actually don't really spend a lot of time on. Um, but that's what it is. And so it's a big deal that we have these, these shows on TV right now. It's a big deal that we continue to push for better representation and more voices in the room. Um, because, uh, we deserve it. We've fucking been through too much, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the bottom line is we need to be funny when we get there. We need to have good ideas when we get there. Um, but I think this is in part how we get there, right? Katie, like I, I think I said this to you and Matt last time we got to hang out was like this, this small thing of sharing a space is impactful. It, it, it moves the chains just a little bit and we move a bit you know, forward. Maybe there's someone in this room that is going to hear something they didn't know. Um, yeah. It changes their mind. So, um, you know, to be continued, I suppose. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Canadian friend wanted me to ask you, by the way, uh, your thoughts on Justin Trudeau's holiday to Tofino, BC on National Truth and Reconciliation Day. God. So for context, what it would be like is Biden saying like, we are going to apologize to Native Americans and it's going to be on a day. It's going to be on a day and everyone's going to get the day off. It's a national day off. And we're going to wear uh, orange shirts to commemorate the day because this residential school survivor was asked to take off her orange shirt on the first day of school mm-hmm. one day. And she told the story famously in orange shirt day caught fire and everyone started wearing orange shirts on the day and and everyone's gonna have the day off to reflect on what on what this means and then biden goes to his cabin you know <laughs> that's right. what trudeau uh-huh. did um he, he couldn't have picked a different day to go to tofino and surf like right fucking really <laughs> um and so you don't even yeah, wear a shirt when you surf so that's that's even oh, worse that's not, yeah like you didn't think you were going to get caught, bro. Like you're the Jeez. prime minister, man. Yeah. He's not so good at those things. If I recall <sighs> correctly, he's worn some like paint on his face. He oh, can't yeah. count the number of times he's worn black face. He's <laughs> yeah. not sure. Yeah. He got caught. I think, I think the world got caught. caught. Yeah, that, sure. Right. More, There's, more keep yeah, coming. The, they keep coming yeah. out. There's a new one. Imagine all the time. waiting for that. Yeah. Waiting. For he got caught and he apologized. Yeah. And then after that, sometime after that, a second and a third picture emerged. And it was like, wait a minute. He's like, that whole spree. <laughs> How many times? Yeah. yeah, there's a spree. It wasn't once. And, yeah. And, and a journalist asked, like, how many more might there be? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I think, quote, I think it is like, I can't be certain. <laughs> yeah. But I like when he he interrupted. He is he is woke. What did he he ended. He like some woman was talking about something about humankind or mankind. Oh, right. He, he said like, we need to say humankind or yeah, something. Human, right? Yeah. He like yeah. he like mansplained to a woman who was speaking. Oh, dude, yeah. he's such a feminist. Yeah, he's such a feminist. Yeah. <laughs> such a feminist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what is happening? Can you tell about talk about this white saviors com- uh, controversy that's happening right now, which is a, an, another Canada Land podcast? Oh, uh, well, so. I, <laughs> Yeah, where do I start with this? There's a, an organization called We, uh, which is a youth organization that was a fundraising charity to build schools around the world in places where there weren't schools. And it was, uh, uh, there's a podcast called The White Saviors. I invite people uh, to listen to it. Um, that will tell the story far better than I will. And some of it, actually, I can't talk about because these people are very litigious. Right. And none of us want to get sued. 
Um, so basically, uh, it was an investigation into what the hell this organization was uh, purporting to do and what it actually did. Um, and uh, it has come out the other side. Um, and it looks as though they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. Um, it's alleged that they didn't build the schools that they were supposed to. And uh, I think many of the supporters, including all of the celebrities uh, of which uh, Oprah is on the list, um, Bono, wow. DiCaprio, I mean, all these people <laughs> yeah. supported this organization or the idea of the organization. It feels like everyone was hoodwinked. So, you know, um, White Saviors is the name of the show. And it's wow. a Canada Land show, right? And it's a Canada Land joint. Yeah. You can yeah. find it uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um. And I, I know you have to go because you've been so generous with your time. Anything else you want to make sure that we talk about, mention, cover? Um, I, I would just say, like, you know, uh, in an effort to sort of spread the positivity and, and, and the moment, like, yeah, just keep seeking out uh, Indigenous voices. Like, uh, this is uh, Native American Awareness Month uh, in the United States. And I know that a lot of organizations and libraries and universities and different places have done events and um and the more we just do our little part to 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 amplify the conversation i think the further we go um politics is not going to save us people will and i think a big part of making our communities better is uh dealing with um dealing with our, our histories so um find those voices reservation dogs uh uh, Rutherford Falls, there is more Indigenous literature and visual art and music, and documentary, podcasts, and comedy than ever. Um, yeah, so support Indigenous creative people. Awesome. Yeah, let's. we'll do a panel. We'll do a panel. You can help me book it. I'd, I'd love to. We'll bring some yeah. uh, recommendations uh, for what people can watch and listen to. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. And I'll link to all of your projects, which will take me like an hour to do. But I'll try <laughs> to do it. I'll get like carpal tunnel syndrome. But yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. So yeah. funny, so smart, so hardworking. It's, so it's good to meet you all. And uh, thanks nice again. We'll yeah. talk soon. All right. Okay, great. Peace. Thanks. Thanks, thanks Ryan. That, he's, so, he's so great. He's great. He's really great. Like, yeah, I got to check out the podcast. The Honestly, podcast just the, the so Kong story is great. Just I know, to begin yeah. with. Good Lord. And, and it's all, dep- it, it, there's a lot of like depravity and it's so funny because you hear these people and they're like criminals <laughs> and they do bad things and they have these Canadian oh, It's got the Fargo. Please. It's got a little of the yeah. Fargo fun yeah. to it too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like yeah. that. There That's you good go. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So That's all these good. people and like you hear these like these things that were recorded like undercover and these, I mean, it's just like. That sounds great. This, yeah. And like. Oh, a lot of corrupt, so much corruption. Wow. I love oh, it. Very, sounds awesome. Really yeah. I listened like, just to hearing the interview. I was like, wow, this sounds like a fucking great, good podcast. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. I don't, it's funny. I, I don't listen to a lot of, I think sometimes people will assume that I listen to a bunch of like political podcasts, but I mm. actually, for me, it's like more of an escape to listen to more narrative podcasts or gotcha. something like that one, which is so good because it is political inherently, but it's also like, you it's it reads like a like a you almost feel like it's fiction i do like a good i do like a good sort of you know not true crime but just true story yeah but i i don't even because i don't really like true crime i care more about true story podcasts i like something where it's like a, a story i don't know and it's being laid out, you know, that that's good stuff. That's why true that the true crime I do like is only because of that. You know what I mean? I right. don't like to necessarily just listen to 
little rundowns of what every murderer was like or whatever. Yeah, no, that can get, can get a little dark. Yeah. <laughs> that can get, yeah, that can get dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what podcast I really like? It's probably politically problematic or maybe What's not. That? No, maybe it's, it's actually good. Cause it kind of critiques the military industrial complex. I think What's uh, that? it's called, wait a second. I can't remember it. Home. It's with Catherine Keener. And then they made it into an Amazon show, huh. like a video show. Hmm. Hold on, I don't know. Look this up. Catherine she's Keener. on the podcast or she's just on yeah. the show? No, podcast. Wow. Okay. Hold on. David Schwimmer. On the podcast? Home, yeah. I sw- so this is yeah, like, a, is it like a fiction? fiction? Sorry, it's fiction. Homecoming. It is oh, homecoming. gotcha. 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 Those are really good too. But yes, just so everyone's clear, Thunder Bay is actual, like it's reported. It's gotcha. Reported. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a what other podcast do I like? What other podcasts do you like, Jack? Obviously, really, struggle session. I don't. I mean, struggle session's great. Obviously, the Katie Halper show. You, have, you oh, can't yeah, miss an so episode. Bad. I yeah. don't really listen to that much podcast. You know, I used to like a lot more when I worked at an office. Uh, but right. since I've like been doing podcasting, I I just don't. You know, uh, you know, I don't know. I listen to audiobooks is what I listen to. That's sort I gotta of in, do in that. My, I gotta start doing it. In my world of what where I would listen to podcasts, I listen uh, to to audiobooks really. What's what's going on out there? What's what's even what's been going on, you know, in the uh, in the news, I guess. I mean, all I all you see is like that. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. All, pretty much all the news about uh, politics and about D.C. is just like Biden is doing has terrible like all it is is basically just being like the Democrats are about to lose. That's like every single story I see is like Biden's approval rating is like below where Trump got at his lowest, you know, on the Quinnipiac poll. And everyone's like, you know, they we interviewed a focus group and they hate the Democrats. I'm like, it just doesn't, <laughs> you know. And, you know, the uh, meanwhile, they're telling us that democracy hangs in the balance and all this. And uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem uh, it doesn't you know, it just feels really uh, stupid out there. It really does. It really it does. does. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I, you know, it's like I feel like I'm like, oh, have I like stopped paying as much attention to politics? And I'm like, I don't actually think so. I think just they're not doing anything like every time I check in and go look at it. I'm like, they're just not doing anything. They're not passing, you know, the stupid build back better plan. Like right. they're just crowing about their stupid fucking infrastructure, you know, fixing pot. By the way, the infrastructure bill, I was thinking about this. That's like. Literally the bare minimum that we should expect for tax dollars. You know what I mean? Like that they will like put a little bit of asphalt in like a pothole. You know what right. I mean? Like and we don't fall stuff, into it. This is stuff that if you like asked someone in like 1700, what tax dollars should go to, they'd be like, fix the roads. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, that we've, we've just become so used to, you know, paying all these tax dollars and for them to just be like, poured into the to the military and you know to to developing new fucking weapons that it's like we're supposed to think it's like manna from heaven that they're gonna like fix rotting bridges and shit like that (laughs) Uh, i don't know i mean it feels like what they're doing is trying to like pivot to talking about how good the infrastructure framework is because that's all they're gonna get done with the presidency and and the house and senate yeah they really suck um uh, they, they, they suck. And, uh, there's really not, not much that more you can say about it. It's like that, <clears throat> you know, we, we do these kind of political shows and you're supposed to follow the tick tock of everything that's going on. And I'm like, yeah, they are not doing anything. <laughs> They're not doing anything. So what's there to even talk about? 
Yeah, well, you know, it's been a while. Uh, case study QB. We got. Let's show one of his clips. He's always got okay, cool. great clips, right? Yeah, right. case study QB has got the got the good stuff, the good MSNBC yeah, big stuff. Shout out to case study QB. Yeah. So here is something with non friend of show, someone who my mom uh, wrote a letter to, saying how disappointed she was because she called Ber- he called Bernie a gun toting socialist. Wow. Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. Let's see what he has to say. Um, as QB. Uh, Chris Hayes asked Hakeem Jeffries, the Dems ran on uh, raising taxes on the rich while BBB will reduce taxes. Hakeem Jeffries then defends SALT by saying police officers, teachers, nurses, firefighters, public employees use it. Cool. Uh, okay, let's see. You mentioned that the, the tax cuts uh, for working families, and I have to ask one of the most controversial elements of this, I think one of the most politically hard to defend, is that uh, because of negotiations in the caucus, particularly Josh Gottheimer, who represents New Jersey suburbs, um, there's a, a repeal on part of the Republicans' tax bill, which will end up effectively cutting taxes for lots of millionaires who live in high-tax states like New Jersey and New York and California. And people said, you ran on raising taxes on the rich, and in fact, you're giving them a, a, a huge tax cut in this bill. How do you defend that? Well, when you look at the overall amount of revenue that's being generated, that will come uh, from the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected paying their fair share across the country, uh, as well as additional taxes from corporations, not as high as I would have liked. I think we should have raised the corporate tax rate, but that does not appear feasible given the dynamics in the Senate. But with respect to the salt tax cap, you're talking about often in places like New York, northern New Jersey or Connecticut, parts of Illinois, certainly in California, high cost jurisdictions where you could have a police officer and a teacher, a nurse and a firefighter, a social worker, two public employees who are middle class (laughs) or maybe even solidly middle class, who the SALT tax cap has put them in a worse position than they were in prior to the passage of the GOP tax scam in 2017. And this was aimed directly at blue states by Republicans in a bill where 83% of the benefits went to the wealthiest 1%. Uh, and so I do believe that we need some SALT reform. And some of the public employee unions, uh, including uh, the American Federation of Teachers, as well as the state and local and county employees, actually support uh, this effort that we've undertaken because they recognize that the Republicans were trying to punish the ability of states uh, like New York and California yeah. to raise revenue that can then be poured back into the well-being the people that we serve in these states, as opposed to what happens in red states where they raise no revenue, they don't have local income taxes, they treat their people very differently, needless to say. You just mentioned that. So this is one of these things, by the way, I think he actually tweeted out David Sirota uh, dinging back at him. Okay, because salt is one of those things where like Trump was on the on the kind of on the right side. So listen, salt salt is like was a really well set trap by Trump and the GOP. And what I'm shocked is that the Democrats are like falling for it so completely. Like, I don't think Trump did it because he gives a shit about raising about taxes or anything like that. They did this to set a trap for the next time the Democrats get in charge because they know that all their donors are going to demand that the salt cap be reinstated and that they're going to look like shit and like hypocrites. And like, you know, what is the actual reality of it is like, this is the only part of the fucking GOP tax scam that they call it, that they're repealing, you know, like they're changing some of the corporate tax rate and everything like that. But like, this is like, 
it's 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 really telling how animating an issue this is for the Democrats and how like we're not going to get, you know, a raise on the minimum wage because Kirsten Cinema said no or whatever the fuck. But when it comes down to it, they are getting the salt cap put back in come hell or high water. Like I'm like, even if the better build back better bill doesn't happen, they're going to get this done before the midterms guaranteed. And in my opinion, you know, I really do think that it's it was a trap set by Trump and the Republicans yeah. and a smartly laid one, and they're falling for it completely. Like we we're gonna see nothing but midterm ads about how they lower taxes for blue state people and they want to raise your taxes. Frankly, right. also one other thing I'd like to add to it, you know, is that I really am not against any people paying more taxes, you know, this construction that it's like teachers and shit that are that are you know that are helped by the salt cap is bullshit. Uh, and then another thing that the that the Democrats like to say, and Josh Godheimer likes to say, is this yes. thing you know that was implied there by Hakeem Jeffries that like the red states are like freeloader states because they don't charge enough taxes, and I think that's a really fucking ugly way to get into it. Like, yes, I do agree that red states should have more taxes, but. But is this where we are at at this point where we're like we're, we're we don't want there to be public programs for people who just happen to live in America? Like there's a lot of yeah. people of color and, you know, yeah, poor people course. and stuff who live in red states yeah. and aren't responsible for who their fucking right, representatives are. Yeah. So, like, yes, I do think that San Francisco homeowners should probably pay a little more in taxes, even if it goes to helping people with welfare in Texas. You know, yeah, I don't really give a shit. It's so, it's so <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like. This, I mean, it, it's like this what micro nationalism or something where it's we're this supposed weird. To it's it's also like a weird version. State. It's a really weird version of the welfare queen stuff, but like is, applied actually, to like whole yeah. states in a right. really ugly way. And by the way, a lot of states are doing really badly. It's like you know the opium crisis. Like yeah. a lot of the a lot of this country is completely fucking hollowed out and dying. And like yeah, maybe we should like send some money from more prosperous states to less prosperous states. Yeah. No, it's like they wanting everyone in a state to die because they didn't write vote the right way. When at yeah. the same time, at least like nominally decrying, um, uh, you know, disenfranchisement or voter right voting rights. Like yeah. if you're acknowledging that poor people and people of color face know. like burdens and obstacles when it comes to voting rights. Right. And then you're going to blame and punish. Well, they elected the these people. people. It's yeah. like, no, you yeah. can't say these same, th these, these are contradictory when you're saying exactly. these sentences like right next to each other. It's like they're, they're disenfranchising for people to vote, but they deserve what they get because they right. vote Republican. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, like a lot of people can't fucking vote. And who else, whose fault is that, by the way? It's yeah, still exactly. the fucking Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, Kamala's on that. She's on top of it. So <laughs> Kamala has a well. very important portfolio of uh, understanding the root causes of migration. Yes, right. She's very and, good at telling uh, Guatemala do not come. Do not come. <laughs> the, the Kamala story, I can't even believe the the tale of Kamala and you know where where Kam how far Kamala has fallen. It's unbelievable that Kamala is like below fucking Dick Cheney now. Like what a bad call. The Democrats are truly in disarray. They have no one. They have like no one. Like even the young, like like AOC will never go over, like aside from like the lefty issues that we all have with her and everything like that. She'll also just never be a national political figure because like they've, they've like completely set, you know, they've like, 
they, they've set the entire, like, you know, all the talking points against her. Like even aside from like that, I think she's not far left enough or whatever. It's not that helpful for Nancy Pelosi to go out and be like, she's dangerous and all this fucking shit. And like, she's what causes us to lose elections. It's like, they're, they have no bench. Kamala Harris is polling at fucking 28%, and that's the fucking heir apparent of the party. What we're looking at here, and, and by the way, Biden's saying he's going to run in 24. So what we're looking at here, Katie, it seems like is Biden running in 2024 and then the 2028 primary being Pete Buttigieg versus Kamala Harris. We are deeply fucked. Yeah, we're <laughs> If you care yeah. about Republicans not being in power in this country, uh, we are deeply, deeply fucked at this particular moment. Yep. It is. It's yeah. And, and I just want to give uh you know, salt, the, someone who's written a lot about salt, uh, David Sirota. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as, as uh, Q, QB, uh, retweeted the data proves rep Jeffries is a liar when he pretends with a straight face that lifting the salt cap is for the middle class. It's like a Republican pretending the estate tax rep, uh, sorry, it's like a Republican pretending this estate tax repeal helps small farmers. Raising mm-hmm. the salt cap uh, mostly benefits the yes. very rich. As and is completely the, obvious. Yeah. As is right. completely obvious because while, yes, maybe there will be some people who own homes and whatever who are able to write off a very small amount, but like – when it comes to people making millions and millions of dollars like that, you know, you just look at this chart and it's like what when there's a cap and above that is millions, the people with millions are obviously making more than the people who are like, oh, I paid, you know, I got five thousand or something, you know, off my right. uh, my earnings for the year or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. And also, by the way, the salt cap, not that I it's like I don't really care about debt, the fucking national debt right. or anything yeah. like that. But it is the most expensive part of the plan. So right, it's but like, you're saying this, not that we care, but all these not deficit that I care. Hawks, all these deficit hawks. <laughs> but for all the deficit be, hawks, yeah. it's ridiculous. And by the way, it's not that I, I don't care about the deficit. Yeah. But I do think if you're using the deficit, there are maybe slightly better ways to use it than just to like. It's just such a fucking joke. And it does really show in a lot of ways that the two parties are the same at this point. They're both just, you know, for the benefit of of different types of rich people. Like there are rich people who are okay with abortion and there are rich people who are not okay with abortion. And really the parties are just for them. It's about like their whims and their needs and, you know, uh, and the rest of us, uh, you know, truly just don't matter. I mean, the fact is that like, we're coming out of a deadly pandemic, you know what I mean? We're And we're not even out of it yet. Things are very, very bad in this country. Like, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's not like I think I'm not, I'm not like Biden with the stroke of a pen could end the supply chain thing, but it's like for, for normal people, the price of groceries is going up like noticeably and by a lot, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're in real deep shit. And there's no more stimulus coming. You know, Biden has even said, he's like, I think the stimulus caused inflation. I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like you're standing. He was like standing at the port saying like, I think that like these stimulus checks have caused upward pricing. I'm like, dude, you haven't noticed that you're standing like where none of the products are coming out and that's going to affect like supply and demand way more than like poor people got $1,400 once this year. Right. Really the thing that like, like it actually staggers me a little bit is that, and not to get into the, like, was Trump is Trump better? Cause it's like, who even fucking cares? It's a moot point or whatever. But the real fact of the matter is even aside from the cash, 
they gave they did two stimuluses last last year and more people have died of covid this year than died of it last year and so it, it really is staggering that they're hanging their accomplishments on like having gotten one stimulus package done like we are really in a very dire state right now and what the democrats are are mostly focused on is getting the fucking salt cap you know uh, reinstated you know meanwhile like you know, I swear to God, Thanksgiving dinner, I think Biden's approval ratings, we're going to see how strong that floor is after people uh, spend money on Thanksgiving dinner and find that it's like an extra one hundred dollars than it was last year. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's such a shit show. It's it's like. Yeah, I don't even know where to look anymore for any hope. <laughs> I just like the only thing I, I don't even care. It's like I care. I can't even look to like local politics and feel yeah. like fine about it or anything. The only thing I can do is like look at like mutual aid and stuff like that. Like that's right. really it is. I'm just like, you know, everything's a fucking disaster. Uh, let's try to like make sure that the unhoused people aren't just going to like die of exposure right. in the streets. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I'm not really that into door knocking for fucking politicians. For and yeah. Who the hell would you door knock for? You know, it's days. even like, even it's like Bernie wouldn't run, but even Bernie running again, it'd be like this. You can't do it again, sir. I'm sorry. Like you, you already like, you can't do the whole supporting Biden like this yeah. and go again. Like, as it's early just, as he did. That's I mean, you know, like I get, like we all knew that he wasn't going to like sit it out. Obviously he's not going to be like, like, you know, like a, like the GOP, but he should like have exacted some concessions. Yes, he should have exacted stuff, some concessions. You know, used he said the this at the time. It was not, he gave it away too early. He really I think did. he really fucking internalized all the people who said he Me made too. Trump won and they were wrong. But I think he yeah. really did think that they were right. And yeah, he like too. operated under that, you know, under the that assumption in the yeah. 2020 election. God, yeah, I don't know. It's like the way I feel about it is I'm like, I want things to be better. But it seems that there are massive forces that would that will stop any any movement to make things better. So I'm like, uh the way I feel about it lately is I'm like, listen, I was just born here, man. Like, I just was born in this country. I'm not fucking responsible for any of this shit. Like, I don't like it. But right. I just I just live here and I was born here. So I think it sucks, too. That's like really right. how I feel these days. <laughs> yeah, we're America lasters. <laughs> not America first. Yeah. 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 What does, as, as Amy Goodman often asks, what gives you hope? I mean, babies are cute. <laughs> I don't have any, but they're cute. So they, make, uh, you know, I mean, a good dogs mood. are great. Dogs. Having a How's dog Kenny? is good. How's Kenny? Oh, you know, Kenny did have a had, had a cancer scare. To be honest with you, right? We had to raise some like money a while ago. So Again? no, it was well. Kenny had a whole. Kenny had one a long time ago. Had a mast cell, and then this last month had uh, uh, a um, a mammary carcinoma. She had a, a, a malignant one too. She had breast cancer, and it was came back malignant. Oh my Katie. god! And so we had to go to uh, an oncologist. Um, and we got good news. The oncologist is like, you know, it's not going to spread. We basically just have to do another, um, we have to do another, you know, revision surgery to take out a little bit more around, uh, where the tumor was. Uh, but then the, but the problem is, is that, you know, when you get cancer, you know, even as a dog, you have to do all this screening and stuff for like a year. And that shit is fucking expensive. I don't want to tell you how much it was. And we're very grateful. We were able to raise a lot of money on GoFundMe. But this oh, last great. week, when I, I took her to the oncologist, I, 
Oh, thank you. But we, we did, it was very, it was quick and people donated. Kenny's got a fan base. And so it was very, very nice that we were able to raise some money, but it was a real high, low moment last week. Cause I was wow. like, they were like, she's going to be okay. And I was like, yes. And they were like, it's going to just cost like rent for the month. And I was like, uh Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, uh, Oh no. Um, but we were able to raise some and she's doing okay. She's like perfectly fine. And did that's basically what I'm already? thankful for this year. Kenny. Is that the dog is doing okay, and it uh, seems that she'll live uh, for a little while longer, and we'll be able to afford to to keep her alive. You know, isn't that terrible? That like it's a question of being able to afford to keep an animal or a human being alive. I mean, it is like you know, I, I go it's to the so ecologist, disgusting. and I'm like, holy shit, this is so much money, and I'm like, but it must be like uh, 20 times as yeah. much for a human, like, you know, in the tens of thousands of dollars for this kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really is horrendous. And it makes, you know, I was looking into pet insurance and they, you know, pre-existing conditions are still a thing and it's, it's just impossible. Oh and what gosh. I read even is even if you're really diligent with uh pet insurance, they can, there's so little regulation with it that they'll reject you. They'll just like make up stuff to reject you for. So I don't know everyone, you know, put them uh, on blast. Well, here's what, I, here's what I'll say to people that are, if people are want any advice about what I learned about with a dog is that, uh, you got to get a dog spayed before the second heat. We, we adopted her and they spayed her at the, uh, the, like the pound before we took her away, but she was two years old. If a dog is spayed, uh, after their second heat, they have like a 50% chance of getting mammary carcinoma. Like it's just really wow. high. Wait, so if second you have a puppy, heat is like they their second period is that what yeah it pretty is? much yeah it's like before they get their second period you should uh you should Whoa. go ahead and get them spayed well, if you want them spayed you know, Bodie, well you have to it's you should spay them you them, should spay i'm not i'm not i was yeah. i mean i was just i'm like i don't know right. if you want to have them spayed you should do it and i'm not saying that the that the pound should not have spayed her i'm just saying that it, you should as a dog owner get a dog spayed before the, the second heat if you're if you're able yeah spay early Yes, yeah, spay early. That's what they say, and it's important. Yeah. It's important to do. Anyway, I that's I, I'm I'm glad that the dog is going to be okay, and I'm sorry to bring it down again with the dog health stuff or whatever. Um, no, but it's a it's a it's a happy story. She's um, going to be good. She's going to be okay, and uh, it'll be fine. And that's what yeah. I'm thankful for this year. Wow. So spay yeah. early. I didn't know that. Now I'm worried about Bodie because I. Was Bodie at Spade when we got? She's a rescue. Well, well then what I'd sure say is this: was. if you're worried, the only she other is thing spayed, is that though. no, she's Spade. I just don't know how old she was. Just she's, keep an eye. You know what we found? We were lucky, and it's mostly because Kate pets Kenny so much that we were able to find the the bumps early. Tumor. You know, wow. it was like we were able to find them before it like became. It wasn't like because she was acting sick. We were like, what's this bump? And they got rid right. of it, you know? Wow. So thank God you just took her pet your dog a lot. And, uh, you know, make, and if those bumps are there, don't be like, that's probably a pimple. Like that's my instinct. Cause I'm so right. like, Oh, I don't want to deal. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm like, it's probably a pimple. And Kate's like, let's get it checked out. I'm like, I'm glad we fucking got it checked wow. out. <laughs> I really am. I really am. Well, I was petting Bowie years ago and I found, I saw this thing and it, it turned out that it was a, um, it was an engorged tick. Oof. So oh, yeah. Lyme yeah. disease, which a lot of They'll dogs like burrow do. their fucking head into dogs. Disgusting. It's crazy. Yeah. These ticks yeah. are fucked up. The ticks yeah, are not really, cool. Ticks are not cool. <laughs> the ticks, ticks are not you're cool. You're fucked up. Yeah. If if peer pressure could work to kill them, I'd be happy. I would totally ridicule <laughs> bullying them. Bullying ticks is okay. Yeah. Bullying you know? ticks. That, that, yeah. That is it, Chief. That is it. Yeah. That is, in fact, it yeah. after yeah. all. Yeah. No, but. Uh, 
but she's okay. She's on medication. Good. Well, Jack, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you thank for, you for everyone who, who stopped by. Yeah, this yeah. is great. What a yeah, pleasure! Nice. Always yeah. glad to come. Yes, definitely come back. Keep us. Uh, yeah, definitely come back. I think you and Leslie and um, Ryan Weins and I are going to do a watch party. Putting yes, that's coming watch. up sometime soon. We have to keep yeah. res- we keep rescheduling it, but I we know. are going to be watching the Mayor Pete documentary yeah. sometime we'll soon over at Twitch. Do- documentary with you guys at Twitch. So make sure that you um, come. Well, we'll we'll link to it, but um, you can do that Twitch. You guys can watch a show a, mo- a show with us, a movie with us. Yes, Amazon uh, is, allows you by the grace of Amazon. I know they let yeah. you stream Prime Video on Twitch. Yeah, it's the only way we can do it. So it's a watch party. It's like Mister. It'll be Mystery Science Theater with uh, with us watching the the Mayor Pete uh, movie. Uh, also please subscribe please like please share and um, of course if you want to become uh, Patreon supporters you can do that at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show again that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show and we will see you Sunday um, and uh, yeah have a great uh, problematic day on Thursday night bye all later thanks again for listening to the Katie Helper Show if you like the show, please join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, we remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. Our show is produced by me, Katie Helper, Nick Palm, Brad Bloom is our audio engineer and an associate producer on the show. Our researcher is Joshua Bregman. And our theme song is by the band Cordova. See you next time. 